Um, I've been told before that sometimes we start off by like talking randomly. <laughs> okay. 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 Does this all seem okay? All right. So hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bundle of Hers. This is the last part of the identity series. This is Lena speaking here with you all today. The third new voice. Um, so I, just a little bit of background, I am a third year medical student right now. I am currently doing my rotations. Um, so it's been a little bit of a crazy year for me uh, with all these new experiences. But I grew up in Gaza until I was 18. I did move back and forth a little bit when there was a lot of tension. Um, but it was always between Utah and Gaza. And I did my undergrad here. And I guess, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's my background. <laughs> Today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about strength through Palestinian identity. It's a big part of who I am and why I am where I am today. Um, I have Noor here with me today. Noor is also Palestinian, but I'm going to give her a little bit of the stage to talk more about her background. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Lina, so much for having me today. I'm so excited for you to be on here. I'm nervous to be here, but I'm excited <laughs> to share a little bit about, you know, where I come from and why I'm where I'm at today as well. Um, so my name is Noor. I am Palestinian. I was born and raised in Sacramento, California. And being Palestinian is the most valuable thing I cherish about myself and um, what drives me every day. So I'm honored to be here and to talk more about how much it's taught me and how much it continues to challenge me and uh, strengthen me. I grew up, uh, I was born and raised in California and thought that was challenging, identifying as Palestinian in California. I think coming to Utah, I've been like challenged even more because it's so different than what I was used to, but I'm excited to be here. I'm also a in the medical field, I'm a first-year PA student at the University of Utah. Um, so I'm adjusting to Utah. I'm adjusting to PA school. And, you know, it's all very new and exciting as well. I feel this year especially has kind of shown a lot of the struggles that come with being Palestinian, at least for me. I mean, there was the escalations and the war that happened earlier this summer. And then I lost my grandfather in the middle of the summer. No, I'm so sorry. It felt a lot. It was a lot of it was a lot of struggle. It was a lot of thinking, why am I feeling like this? Why do we have to feel this struggle all the time? We're constantly being questioned. We're constantly being de identified, basically, depersonalized, dehumanized. And you always felt like you had to be explaining yourself as well and like your background and why you choose to believe the things you believe in. And it was a lot of pressure. It made me question a lot of why I keep identifying with my Palestinian identity and why I keep holding on to it, um, which is kind of why I wanted to speak about this in this episode. It took a lot of me keeping my strength up, basically, and realizing like why I am the way I am. I do find a lot of strength through my identity. It's gotten me where I am today. It's gotten me through medical school and I feel like a big part of it is when I like when I met you, I think a simple example is like you're Palestinian, you're in medicine. I feel like you understand you're part of the community 
for a while you feel kind of lost and you kind of feel like you don't have that. And especially with kind of how being a Palestinian, you're questioned all the time for that identity. You're trying, your identity is trying to be erased as well. So you can feel lost. But for me, finding a little bit of that community helped ground me. It reminded me of why I went into medicine Finding that community, I was able to also provide community for others as well. And not just like through Palestinian, but also through like identifying with something different. The struggle that comes with that, identifying with being a minority, with being Muslim, with being vulnerable. I was able to provide kind of a sense of community to who I'm around. And that's strong because you're able to make people not feel as lost or not feel as alone anymore, I feel. I mean, I think this year was, it tested us, you know, I think some would think that we're used to all of this by now, but I think this year it weighed so much heavier on all of us. I don't know if it's because of, you know, having a year of COVID and having that settle down and like kind of feeling drained from, especially being in medicine in times of COVID, like also being exhausted from that. But I just felt like this year... When everything happened in Palestine, it was just like I was full of anger. I was full of frustration. I'm not big about like cancel culture, but for the first time, I just felt so frustrated with everyone that stayed silent. I felt like we had given people so many opportunities to learn about Palestine and to understand for those that didn't understand and to like have their silence again this year, I think was very like frustrating. So I definitely know what you mean. It like weighs heavy and on top of like already like having a difficult curriculum and already having your own challenges to have to like re-educate people and have having to still attend protests and like prove that what's happening is wrong is exhausting. But at the same time, I think it also reminds me that like our identity as Palestinians is that we're never giving up. And I think our voice is only getting louder. And I think that frustration is really just like fuel for like wanting to work towards better, like improve the system and like speak about it and talk about it and no longer have filters and no longer have to like silence ourselves for the comfort of other people. I think even though it was frustrating and it was difficult and it was like my blood was boiling with everything that was (laughs) happening, it like refueled me to remind me like what direction I'm going to what I need to talk about, what situations I need to be put in and like what kinds of conversations I need to start having to no longer need to feel like I'm filtering myself and start speaking about the things that are important and are important to my own identity. Yeah, because you realize how much you have a voice. You realize how much having that voice creates power within yourself, creates strength within yourself. And you're not just fighting for Palestine anymore. I mean, I see it in my just interacting with patients right now. You're you're able to feel more strength in like fighting for other people and communicating and sharing the truth of what you feel is right and what you feel like needs to be stood up for. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I've learned from this all. I'm not saying like I've learned it and I'm done, but it's like definitely constantly in the works. But I feel like that's a big part of my Palestinian identity. I was able to speak out protests and it was a big change because this is this is what we're fighting for. And even if they're not Palestinian, but we continue to fight for people, we continue to be a voice for people. And that's important. You realize what the silence does because we've dealt with that. We've dealt with people being silent. We've dealt with systems, structures, whole countries being silent and how hurtful that is. So then you don't want to be silent anymore. I think that's the beauty of being Palestinian is like being able to really understand and relate 
to others when the Syrian crisis took place. Like I felt for the Syrian communities and I did my best to show up and be there and for the Afghan community and for, you know, the various backgrounds that I'm still learning about that are going through similar situations. I know for me, for example, like finding people that can relate to me was always very difficult because not only did I want to find my support system, but I wanted someone that understood it. So I didn't want to have to teach someone about what it means to be Palestinian, what that comes with. So having people that can already relate and understand is so important. And I feel honored to be that person for different communities and different backgrounds because I know exactly what it feels like and I know the frustration and I know I can relate to it firsthand. And I think it gives them a sense of relief that they aren't alone. What kind of got you into medicine? Is it related, I guess, to your Palestinian identity? I personally never had the best health care growing up. And I think it was one thing for me to not have it, but to see like my loved ones struggle with it. My brother has MS and that was, I was so young, but at the same time, like witnessing him going through the things that he had to go through and what he had to overcome was always so fascinating to me about just what the body's capable of and having good access could have like changed outcomes drastically for a lot of the things that we went through. I think having to grow up and like kind of fend for myself in terms of like the care I needed and the care like my parents needed and understanding like the various things that I think are culturally like inappropriate that took place in my my mother's care, my my father's care and recognizing that at a young age, I think all like just led me to I need me we need more people that look like us to be our providers. Yeah. Um so we can get the right attention. But essentially just like going back home and going to the Middle East during breaks, I think it was just like there's so much that needs to be done. And as a female and as an Arab Palestinian woman, I think it's like a powerful tool to be in medicine because we're serving the female community that, you know, we we need more of us in medicine so we can better advocate for our own women. Mm -hmm. So Lena, I have a question for you. Being Palestinian and being you know, where you are today, what do you think was the biggest driving force to why you chose medicine? A big part of it is growing up in Gaza. The healthcare I saw there, the low resources, how people live. A lot of people's lowest times was when they were sick or couldn't access something to get better, cancer, trauma, or just even general preventative care. There was something lacking and I went into medicine because I saw that low and I wanted to be a change in that low. There's definitely a lot of struggle with being here versus there and knowing the things I know here versus being able to help there because I can't right now. But it is kind of my path. Um, like you mentioned a little bit ago, it is there's a lot of power. And for either Palestinians or for women, Arab women, Ultimately, I will be able to provide that for my community, and that is kind of my goals. But there's also a lot of what I can do here. I mean, there's a lot of the diaspora here. There's a lot of the very similar communities in struggle here that I know will be very powerful and basically a lot of strength in helping them and doing what I can. 
and what I'm learning right now. There's a lot of things that we can do. There's a lot of change, but I think living in Gaza is what started it all. And I really do hope that one day I am able to return and I am able to kind of go back to where it all started (laughs) in a sense. It's home. It's where I grew up. That's what I saw. And that's what I want to be able to change. This year was also very hard for me because like my grandfather passed away from situations that could have been prevented. I mean, he just couldn't get access to care across the border. And it was very hard to deal with that because we're on this side of the world. And I'm not not saying it doesn't exist here, but there's care that could be given to him that he wasn't able to get just because of where he was in that on the side of the border. But it's situations like that, that you want to be able to change. You want to be able to even impact even just by a little bit. And that could be just with like the knowledge that we get from learning medicine, from studying medicine, even just making people more aware of their health, like talking to my aunts back home or my family or friends back home and telling them to be aware of like even just like small situations, I think is a big motivator is a big thing that keeps me going in this. Because even if I can't be there, I'm able to talk about what I know and talk about the knowledge that I have. And it's coming from a trusted source. Like they have so much trust in you and you are out here learning so much and gaining those tools that you're able to share with them that although they could access it via the internet or some somehow, but the fact that it's coming from you, I think it's even more powerful for them making changes in their lifestyles or learning these preventative measures that they can take. Like I said, it's a big thing that keeps me going. And even just here, there's a lot that I feel like we can do with just the simple things that we learn (laughs) with healthcare, which is like our voice or that confidence that we get. You know, for me, it's the patients I meet on the day to day here in my clerkships. um, I've had Muslim patients or um, even minority patients um, be like so grateful and so thankful for just being able to be there and being on the team even or someone that understands a little bit more that have been like so good and such a good experience to have. It comes with a lot of struggles for sure. This year wasn't easy like we mentioned, but there's also a lot of good a lot and a lot of wins, I guess, <laughs> the small wins here and there that are motivator that are that show me how much like I'm strong through who I am. And I know that gets exhausting too. Sometimes we're expected to always be strong because we're Palestinian. You know, I think my parents always told us, don't forget, you know, you're resilient, you're capable, you're strong, you're because you're Palestinian. But at some point it feels like we can't ever complain or we have to always be strong and always have tough skin. And that's not always the case. I think another thing this year has made me realize It's okay to not feel okay all the time. It's okay to have your low days and to kind of take a step back and be be able to recognize that you need a moment, that you need to care for yourself. That takes a lot of effort on my behalf to be able to step back because I always feel like I need I'm I'm the oldest as well out of all my siblings. So I've kind of been telling like you always need to be on top of it. You always need to be the strong one or be the person who like doesn't give up or doesn't step back. And you face a lot of burnout. Like I did go through phases where I felt too tired, too weak, too just I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't fight for who I am. I couldn't fight for people. I couldn't not even just fight, just it felt too much to exist. 
And it comes with having the community that I have around me, including the bundles community. They've like taught me, like, it's okay to step back. It's okay to just have a day to yourself and be okay with who you are. Cause yeah, we always say existence is resistance and we are existing in this world, in this system. And, um, it's a lot of strength to know that you're helping others, you're helping yourself, you're helping your family, your community when you do take a break sometimes. Exactly. And I think something I think about that you taught me is I don't have to educate everyone about what's happening because that alone is always exhausting. You know, there's some people that I can just like send them resources to learn about Palestine, but I don't have to give up all that energy and exhaustion of like teaching them the history and what's happening because I personally don't have it in me anymore. Or some days I just feel capable of doing that. And some days I'm like, oh, today's not the day for me to like educate about my identity. Yeah, I have a list of resources like you do too. And I think I just say, you know what, here's that list. (laughs) That's okay as well. We're doing what we can. We're doing what we can throughout the day and that's okay. <laughs> like a bigger picture when we look at it, it's it, right now it might seem small with like the small community around us, like our friends, our family. Tomorrow that will continue to grow. Um, and that comes from our voice, our fight every day. Why we wanted to, like why I wanted to go into medicine and what change I'm able to make in the future as well. That comes with being okay in the day to day. Yeah, that's beautiful. I can't wait. I can't wait to see like where and what you end up doing. It'll be so good. We'll go back with Lean as well because she's Palestinian <laughs> and we'll open up some clinics somewhere. <laughs> I learned that like a lot of it too is having to help older generations unlearn a lot of things. There's a lot of myths that have been just passed on. Everything that I'm learning, I'm able to, you know, help my mom at least. Like, no, mom, this is not true. Let me explain why this is a myth. And even doing that in like the refugee camps abroad, teaching them that they can still get pregnant, even though they just had a baby and they're breastfeeding. <laughs> I feel like I'm fighting a like a wall with that, though, because I have a lot of aunts mm-hmm. that we have like this group chat and I always see some stuff that they talk about. And especially like there's like the old tales of like, if you like drink this mixture, then you will for sure have a boy. I'm like, that is crazy. <laughs> OK, <laughs> but I don't really say that to them. But for me, I'm just this is why this is a myth and this is inaccurate. And maybe because like some of that stuff can hurt people. Some of that stuff is harmful to believe in. So it's definitely a whole thing that takes a lot of your energy sometimes because you're fighting like years and years of culture and beliefs. And I'm sure some of them came from a lot of good things, but some of them we are there to kind of talk through and kind of make the change in a sense. (laughs) You have to pick and choose which ones you're choosing to correct. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And also it depends on the day, of course, and how my family's feeling. (laughs) But it works out. It works out at the end. And then they see it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? She's a doctor or they think I'm a doctor, but I'm still on the training process. But they say that and it's like, OK, OK, I have some pull. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you were in Palestine? Last time I was in Palestine was 2019. I was actually planning. I took a year off and was telling my parents I'm going to go live in Palestine for, my, for a year and then I'll come back and I'll apply to school. And then COVID happened, so everything kind of changed. But yeah, when was the last time you were? Eight. It was 2013, so eight and a half years now. Nine. I can't do math apparently. (laughs) 
Um, so it's been a while and that's just different because I'm from Gaza and that's definitely very hard for me because there were many times that I felt like I was losing myself and my identity because it's been so long since I've been there and I've lost a lot of people there as well that I wasn't able to see, that I wasn't able to say goodbye to in a sense. That's always been hard. And I feel like we've talked about this before. It's just you spend your time here and you feel guilty for sometimes with identifying with Palestine because like you're not there. You're not struggling with them. You're not kind of living the life that they're living. And I felt guilty at times and I felt like I've lost some of that identity at times because I've been so far away. One part that's helped me is, again, the community around here and just realizing the voice and strength that I have from being Palestinian. Um, it's still hard, but I know that I will go back eventually sometime and I will be able to do what I want to do. I will see my family again. But that's only been a huge part of why it's been so hard <laughs> lately. But finding people like you as well and some of our Palestinian community here, especially like strong women who are trying to all create a change. That's also like we're all in this together. <laughs> I think that's like what made this transition to Utah a little lighter for me was honestly like meeting you and, you know, our other two Palestinian friends that I was like, wow, like, okay, I just need these three women and I'll, I'll manage to live here. These women that identify like me and understand what it's like to be Palestinian. And I think even just hearing your speech at the protest, when you talked about your life in Gaza and like talked about your frustrations with everything that's happening, I stood there and was like tearing up because I never understood. I, I mean, as being Palestinian, I understand the struggle, but I never understood it from the perspective of someone that's like me, that looks like me, that has the same goals as me, but lived there and had that become like her everyday life and to be here and it being stripped away from, you know, your own country. And after experiencing life there, I think I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, it's something I feel like I have to think about every day and reflect on every day. It is still a huge part of me, but it's also what keeps me moving. But it really does help to have people around me that understand. But I totally understand like feeling guilty because I always felt like I was never American here, even though my dad always was like, you know, you're born and raised here. You're American, just as American as anyone else here that's American. But I never felt like it. People saw my last name or they saw my name and they knew I wasn't from here. But then when I would go back home, my family would go to Jordan often because that's where most of our family is. I was American. And so when we went to Palestine, finally, I just felt so guilty for being there because my American identity allowed me to see parts of Palestine that my family that has been there their whole life is not able to see and doesn't have access to. And it just feels very wrong you know, just recognizing that, you know, my passport had power, but my whole life, all I identify as is Palestinian and I feel guilty being in Palestine. Yeah, I think it's it's good, definitely good to acknowledge that. But it also comes with a lot of power that you are able to create more change. You're able to do more. Same thing for me. You know, we're here. We're studying. Yes, we've lost. I've lost a lot of years back home, but I've also will be able to have this education specialize and do what I want to do. And it also gives me the knowledge and power to create more change. And that's really good. So I know you want to make a big impact overseas, especially in Gaza, but what kind of impact do you wish to have in medicine here in the States? I think it has to do 
back to like the different communities that we interact with that our patients come from, we're able to kind of provide or I'm able to like help be a voice or advocate for a lot of my patients and the communities they come from. I feel like I live my life as part of a different <laughs> group, a different community, and I still live it as well right here. And I can see the change it can make for someone to have someone on the team that they kind of understands them a little bit more, can help them identify with them a little bit more. And I think there's a lot of inequalities in healthcare and people that, like you said, like don't look like us or don't kind of speak our language or don't get that. And I've seen already, like as a student, just the change it can make to have someone that looks like you on the team. And that's part of where I want to go. I'm definitely still on my third year exploring all these specialties, which is so great and so just fun to have all that um, variety in what you can experience. But I know that eventually it will be with a community that that I can help provide more access or provide more change there. Yeah. Maybe for our last topic, we can share a little bit about what's our favorite thing about being Palestinian, aside from the resilience and the strength that's ingrained in us. But I love kind of the love that we have for our land and our people and our community and for each other, for the food. I think there is any Palestinian you meet, we always have a joke like, what time is it? Oh, let's talk about Palestine. Time to talk about Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love a little bit of that obsession in a sense. I think it drives a lot of people. It drives me for sure. <laughs> but even just the love for like the sea, because I'm like from Gaza and the food. Uh, I miss it so much. But yeah, that is one of my favorite things. What about you? <laughs> I think for me, it's like our traditions, like my favorite, favorite thing in Palestine when I visit is seeing like the tetas in their tobes, uh-huh. which are um, traditional Palestinian dress yeah, yeah and with just, all like it, kind of like embroidered like dresses. And it'll be like a hundred degrees outside. They'll still wear Our them. grandmas are still rocking them. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing to see. Like it's so beautiful. And I know it's like probably her work, you know, yeah. she hand stitched it or um, someone within the village. Like I love it. I want to get to that level, but I'm like, oh, no, I'm, <laughs> it's too hot for me. Oh, I, my mom taught me how to stitch though. The tatris. So we can, we can have a, we can have a party, you know? Oh, I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, everyone. And we'll talk to you more. I don't know. Chloe, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thank you, Noor, for joining me today. And thanks, everyone, for listening on this last episode of the Identity Series 2.0. Listen to The Bundle of Hers wherever you listen to your podcasts or, you know, you can always go to bundleofhers.com there's also that and i am so excited that i'm a part of this and you'll hear my voice again hopefully a little bit more professional sounding on more episodes but we're working on it (laughs) bye